Hi, and welcome to First Bite, a nation's restaurant news podcast. I'm your host, Holly Petrie. Today is Thursday, February 15th, and here are your top stories. First, Taco Bell unveils more than a dozen new menu items. The food ranges from a five-item chicken menu to a Baja Blast gelato. Second, Boston Market owner Jay Pandia files for bankruptcy again. Pandia filed for bankruptcy again one week after Boston Market was ordered to pay $11.9 million to U.S. Foods in a default court decision. Third, California fast food workers form a first-of-its-kind union. The California Fast Food Workers Union is affiliated with the Service Employees International Union, known for its famous Fight for 15 labor movement. Fourth, Wendy's teams with Cinnabon for new breakfast menu item. The pull-apart will debut as a sweet alternative at U.S. restaurants February 26th and Canada locations March 18th. And finally, Burger King parent RBI focuses on franchisee profitability. The company continues its Reclaim the Flame investments and looks towards refranchising after the impending Carol's acquisition in Q2. Now let's dive deeper into a trending story from our website. Rick Diamond spent most of his career working as an accountant but, like so many others, decided he wanted to be his own boss after COVID hit and started thinking about franchising. Coincidentally, Emily was visiting from Utah, which gave her the opportunity to visit Crumble's very first store, a log cabin-like location that opened in Logan, Utah in 2017. She loved everything about the concept, the smell, the look, the product. Stores are closed on Sundays, which aligned with their values. They checked out an open location closer to home in Louisville, Kentucky, and realized it was exactly what they wanted to pursue. They set up a call with corporate and were approved for a store and, just this week, opened their third Crumble location in their home market. Their experience with the concept has been, quote, really positive, which is why we went for a third. Notably, their experience also coincides with the company's meteoric growth trajectory. Crumble more than doubled its unit count from 2021 to 2022 and now counts nearly 1,000 shops, while its sales jumped more than 2.5 times to $985 million during that same time frame. For more on this story, let's turn to Alicia Kelso. All right, so we have been talking about and writing about uh, Crumble for uh, quite some time because few, if any, concepts have the meteoric growth that we have seen from Crumble. Um, you know, the the store, the, the concept first opened in 2017 in, in Utah and is now pushing real close to about a thousand units. That's that's a growth trajectory unlike really any that I've seen um, in what my 15 years of covering this industry. So it, it's certainly worth talking uh, about. And, and, and earlier this week, I had the chance to go to uh, a grand opening of a crumble cookie, uh, here in Louisville, Kentucky, um, which I, I jumped at because honestly, we rarely get the chance to talk to actual franchisees, people with the boots on the ground, uh, if you will. And it's a fun perspective to get, uh, you know, versus corporate or versus any or customers and so on and so forth. Uh, just the nitty gritty, what attracted you to this brand and why are you so bullish enough to open a third location uh, in the same market, by the way. So um, I had the chance to to dive a little bit into those questions uh, when I met uh, this couple, Rick and Emily Diamond, and they just opened their third location in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, their first two have done tremendously well, which is why they went all in for a third. Um, they're going to stop at three because once you get to three, you can hire a district manager and they're going to hire a district manager so they can be a little bit more hands off and look for franchising opportunities in other industries. Uh, in the meantime, 
they're really, really happy with this experience that they've had with Crumble. And their story, the Diamond story, is like a lot of other franchising stories that we've sort of touched upon lately where, um, you know, uh, Rick worked as an accountant most of his career and then COVID hit and he just didn't want to work as an accountant anymore. Uh, He wanted to be his own boss. And, you know, the franchising industry has grown, um, you know, single digits, but grown nonetheless since COVID because many people like Rick made that very same decision. Um, And so there's kind of some serendipity involved then. He, he made this decision. He wanted to do it. He's an accountant. He knows how to read P&Ls, all of that stuff. Well, his wife, Emily, was visiting some family in Utah, and they gave her the opportunity to visit Crumble's very first store, which is like this log cabin-like location, uh, the one that first opened in 2017. She called him, and she's like, this is it. This, I love this. There's cookies. They taste good. It smells really good in here. The look is real clean. The stores are closed on Sundays, which they said align with their values. So that uh, when she returned home, the two of them checked out an open location nearby and decided that is exactly what they wanted to pursue. Um, so they called a, uh, they set up a call with corporate, and they were approved for a store. Notably, they said that they got in at the right time because as we talk about Crumble's growth trajectory, that you know tripling, uh, quadrupling of store accounts, if you will, within the past couple of years. Um, you know, they've made it kind of, they've made it harder to get into franchising. They had to set some parameters uh, to sort of get control of this because it was a really sexy concept for a lot of people. Um, and they they got in and were able to open their first two locations. Those two locations, by the way, uh, one is in the top 25%, one is in the top 15%. It's just down the street from where I live, in fact. And I probably contribute a little bit too much to that top 15%. And I'm going to blame my small child for that. Um, but why they were really excited about this third location and why they pulled the trigger on this one is because it's located next to a Kroger grocery store. Uh, this is uh, notable and, in fact, was an interesting anecdote that I pulled from the conversation. Cookies are indulgent. And, you know, the indulgent category has seen some really interesting growth the past couple of years. We talk about this weird macro environment and pressured consumers and record high debt, but they're still out there buying coffees and cookies and, you know, cupcakes and and name it. You know, the indulgent category is growing, um, you know, in a way that I never would have thought it would grow uh, in such a weird macro environment. And Crumble is obviously uh, a part of that. Um, You know, for, for this couple, what excited them about this the third location is it's next to a Kroger uh, grocery store, and they said that their customers um, are the ones that are sort of impulsive buyers. So they're they're out grocery shopping once or twice a week, and they see Crumble, and they're like, yeah, that's an add-on. So it's like an extension of this grocery store experience, and that's the sweet spot for, for real estate. We all know real estate is the most important thing uh, about opening a new location, and for Crumble, and I would imagine many treat concepts being next to that weekly, uh, you know, that weekly um, spot, that grocery store, whatever, uh, is where they found their sweet spot with with Crumble. Um, so I think that's really interesting. The the other thing that kind of interested me here is, you know, when they were when they were putting their store together before they they were opening. The company, as it turns out, is they're sticklers for getting everything right down to the length of the countertop lip. 
And so the franchisees have to record everything. And if something doesn't fall within that parameter, they've got to change it. They mentioned that they were delayed on one of their openings about a week because something was just mildly askew. Um, and, you know, these these really, uh, um, really conservative uh, uh, parameters that these that all franchisees have to follow uh, with the explicit purpose that the, every single store looks the same, every single experience for every single customer, no matter where they are uh, in the country, has the same experience. And I asked them if that was a challenge, and they they just sort of laughed that off and said, no, that's why we fell in love with the brand in the first place. We walked in to the Utah location and fell in love with everything about it. We walked into a Louisville lo- location, and it was the exact same experience. So uh, that take with that what you will, but um, you know the final thing here is is they have no problems um, recruiting uh, labor, and uh, again the the couple attributes that to the exciting sort of visual experience within these stores. What Crumble's success has been, uh, you know, sort of driven by largely is its marketing prowess. It does set the company apart, I think, uh, inarguably. And, you know, if you consider, for example, the company's uh, TikTok followers numbered over 7.3 million, and that's compared to like Taco Bell, which has 3 million followers on that same channel. And we're talking about Taco Bell. You know, it's not exactly a marketing lightweight. So the cool thing about Crumble, of course, it has this really cool canvas, this visual, these cookies that's sexy for social media. But they also build up anticipation because they come out with new flavors every single week. And there's this draw to it, uh, what Rick called a Disney World effect. Um, and and it, it, it does a really, really good uh, job at getting people's interest through social media into the stores. And he said, by extension, through labor. So they, they actually had to turn people away uh, to hire for this new location. He said they've had to do the same thing for their prior two. Um, and all of these are in-line locations next to other restaurant brands that didn't have that much ease in their hiring um, you know, process. Uh, my final takeaway from this this uh, this sort of experience with these with these franchisees yesterday, they opened on Valentine's Day, and that is by far the biggest sales day of the year for their existing locations. They anticipate that this opening day will be the same. Last year, they sold a week's worth of cookies on Valentine's Day. So, hey, we're eating cookies and we're liking it. And you know what? I think we deserve some indulgence after what we've been through the past what three or four years. So. Um, I brought some of these cookies home with me, and I, I ate some of them. I didn't, I didn't give them all to my kids. So that's a, that's a, a, you know, fun to talk to these Crumble franchisees, and you know, we'll keep you posted. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of First Bite. We'll be back tomorrow with a new one. Until then, stay up to date with all your news on NRN.com.